we go. I'm supposed to be smiling for a thumbnail right now. That's what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not smiling, but that's okay. So I'm going to go live on YouTube here so that uh, uh, listeners and viewers of all ages, types, and stripes can enjoy and, in, and join in the festivities. Um, come to you every day at 2 p.m., uh, six days a week, excuse me, Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily reprieve from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. Uh, we're brought to you on three platforms. We're not brought to you by any sponsors. We have no sponsors. We are beholden to no man. We're beholden to no corporate entity. We are totally independent. We stand alone. We stand tall. We stand proud. We are a rock. We are an island. And a rock feels no pain. And an island never dies. Thank you, Paul Simon. We come to you on three platforms, though. We come to you on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you, if you just want to listen, you can listen. Also housed on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com are dozens upon dozens of great interviews with uh, actors, comics, writers, musicians, uh, a lot of different people, authors. So I urge you to uh, to uh, go there and scroll through. You might have some fun. Uh, we also come to you on YouTube, Comedy Schools, and right here on Facebook Live. We see the tribe is gathering, a uh, gathering of the tribe here. Uh, Champ de Blasio, Kelly Wilson, uh, Tina and Mike Lawson, more and more people joining in here for the big broadcast. Uh, it is a Tuesday, Tuesday, um, December 1st. Christmas is a mere 24 days away, and uh, it's going to be, I don't know, did Thanksgiving feel weird to you? It didn't feel weird. I mean, if you did Thanksgiving like we did, which meant that we didn't go to any family gatherings or have a big family gathering, uh, sup with you, Kelly Wilson. I am answering, of course, questions and comments here, as I always do. Uh, primarily, I see them on Facebook Live. Sometimes they pop up on YouTube, on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, but primarily on Facebook Live. My first roommate in life, Kelly Wilson, said, sup, Tony. Um, it didn't feel weird. It didn't feel bizarre. Uh, and once we pretty much made the decision that we weren't going to go to family gatherings, nor have people over, nor travel, uh, there was no anxiety or weirdness or depression around it because we thought we were making a good decision for our family. If Thanksgiving is supposed to be about family, we thought we were making a good decision for our family. So it didn't feel weird. And it also didn't feel weird because we did, we still did all the stuff, you know, we made the turkey, we made the stuffing, you know, made the gravy. All right, we didn't make gravy. Okay, we bought the gravy in the jar. And by the way, I always get the chicken gravy, it tastes better than the turkey gravy. Uh, we did all of that, you know, and now we got family who's staying with us and they were here, you know, grandson, stepdaughter, they were here, but my daughter wasn't here, I didn't see my daughter, I didn't see my brother, I didn't go back to the Midwest and see my family, of course I haven't done that in a long time on Thanksgiving, but still, didn't see our family or friends out here, uh, but it felt okay, so I think what's clear is, and I was reading last night about how the vaccine's most likely going to roll out. Uh, this Christmas is going to be very similar to Thanksgiving. A lot of us are not going to be doing a lot of uh, traveling or uh, uh, spending a lot of time indoors with family. We're just not going to do it. We're just not. It doesn't mean we don't love our families. It means we do love our families. It doesn't mean we don't like our friends. Well, I, I don't like a lot of my friends. But 
It doesn't mean that. It means that we are banking on a better time. Someone said about Thanksgiving, the reason they were getting together with uh, their family, go, this might be our last Thanksgiving. Well, you're pretty much increasing the odds on that if you got together with a large group of people indoors. I've taken one flight during the entire pandemic, and I made sure to book it at a time when I knew there wouldn't be very many people on the plane on the way in and on the way back. Very few people wore my mask the entire time. Uh, didn't go around visiting a lot of friends and doing all that stuff while I was in Los Angeles. One trip this entire pandemic, and generally I would have done 10 or 15 trips by this time. I would have definitely been to Los Angeles six, eight, 10 times by now. New York once or twice, St. Louis once or twice, at a minimum. I would have uh, done that, you know, uh, put on dozens of live shows, more than I am. But we, it just made sense. If you got a highly infectious, communicable disease that is spread through breathing, then maybe you should stay away from the breath monkeys. Anyway, I don't know what you're doing Christmas. We will have Christmas. We will buy gifts. I will not see my Los Angeles family, okay? And I will have limited contact with my Arizona family and probably not see any of my friends. But uh, the one grandson is staying with us anyway, so that's that. But uh, with the granddaughter, um, she's all into the limited contact thing. She's, what, 10, 11? How old is she, Cheryl? 10? 10. 10, 10 going on 25. One of those smart, serious, one of those smart, funny, serious people, all right? Uh, one of those people you talk to and go, oh, I'm a dummy, because she knows so much. Uh, we will get gifts. There will be limited contact, though. So uh, I don't know what you guys are doing, but that's what we're doing. The way the vaccine seems to be rolling out, the general public, the public at large will not be getting it completely till March or April. Healthcare workers... People that work in residential homes and the residents of residential homes, they're the first ones that are going to get it. Then first-line responders and people over 65 with comorbidities. Then people 65 and adults rolling on down. Kids get it last. So, But that's not going to be completed no matter what until the spring. So we've still got a few more holidays that are going to be... Uh, a little different from past holidays. Valentine's Day will be different than past holidays. New Year's Eve will be different than past holidays. Christmas will be. Uh, President's Day, that's a big one for us here. Man, we usually have about 500 people over on President's Day. We all put on powdered wigs and long beards. and uh, We uh, find a British guy and we kick his ass. and uh, we All the husbands get to yell, I'm free. And wives go, no, you're our slaves. So, uh, <laughs> No, we don't do any of that. Anyway, uh, my big question was, what are you guys going to do Christmas? So uh, you can answer or not answer. Uh, the other burning issue right now that I think we need to talk about is coleslaw. We definitely need to talk about coleslaw. Um, I'm one of those people who never believed that you should put coleslaw on barbecue. can never on the side, but not on top of it. Yet somehow... Some function in my brain, and, I, and that's why I started worrying about maybe I got some strange, rare disease. Started telling me that that might taste good. So I got some frozen pork in the freezer that I've been saving. I'm saving pork. I got a pandemic freezer, man. 
I got I got enough food in his house to last uh, uh, last longer than any any character in a David Byrne Talking Head song. Um, and I was gonna barbecue the pork and make my own coleslaw and put it on top of it. See now, Joe Gannon is saying coleslaw on a barbecue pork sandwich is awesome. It's the Memphis way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw you. You misspelled it, Cole Shaw. See, and that's it, Joe. People have been saying that for years, and I think that that is a heresy. Do you put anything on barbecue? You know? I mean, real barbecue is based on smoke. Okay? Maybe some spice. Maybe some seasonings. I use rub now. I create my own seasoning by mixing seasonings. I create my own barbecue sauce. You know, I do all that. But it's really about getting the right cut and cooking it properly. And when you put a bunch of junk on it, to me, that's amateur. It's amateur. However, I was getting this taste. So I made my own coleslaw for Thanksgiving. I didn't put it on the barbecue yet. I haven't done that. Can't bring myself to do it. But I want to know if I can make my own coleslaw. And I did. And I didn't get the coleslaw mix in the bag. I got my own cabbage, my own radishes, my own carrots. That might have been it. I didn't put any onions in it because Shirley doesn't like raw onions. I enjoy a nice raw onion in a salad. But uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what we got here? Uh... Solomon Diaz, by the way, totally disagrees here on Facebook Live with Joe Gannon and said, don't even mix them. I've lived that way my whole life, Solomon, 65 years. It was just getting in my head that I might try it. I mean, it's during a pandemic. No one's coming over. Nobody can see me. I can deny it, but I try it. It's not like I'm putting on a dress and running around someplace. Anyway, I made my own coleslaw. Okay? And, uh... I made it wet. Wet coleslaw. That's what I made. Wet. So what does that mean? I used mayonnaise, some, uh, uh, was it pepper? I forget, but you know, and vinegar. Mainly mayonnaise and vinegar with some spice and some seasoning. And when I was a kid, I fucking hated that. I hated wet coleslaw. My mother made a dry coleslaw that I thought was just heavenly. But for some reason, you understand, I don't know what's going on with me anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting dementia. All of a sudden, I'm thinking I should put coleslaw on my uh, barbecue pork, none of my steak. Joe, you wouldn't put coleslaw on top of steak, would you? Put coleslaw on top of my barbecued pork, and then I should eat wet coleslaw. But I think the next time I make coleslaw, and I still got all the fixings, and Shirley said to me last night, you need to make more of this coleslaw, because I thought she meant that it was uh, delicious, but it's just because we got a bunch of cabbage sitting in the refrigerator, I think. Um, I think I'm going to make a drier coleslaw, not using the mayonnaise. But tell me what about you think about this, Solomon or Joe. I'm going to put some bacon bits in it. Solomon Diaz says, when I put coleslaw on the barbecue, that's sacrilege. I, you know, see, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. But you know what? I'm old enough and mature enough and wise enough and champ, if you're still here, and I know that you're a pizza expert, so I'm asking you something totally outside of your uh, field of expertise, sir. By the way, if you ever become friends with Champ de Blasio, and you can see his name popping along here in the comments, uh, he does great pizza reviews over in, uh, he is a uh, East Coast guy who currently resides in West Virginia. Um, that we can change. A man can change. A man can go from wet, dry, dry coleslaw to wet coleslaw. And a man can go from not putting 
coleslaw on his barbecue, to putting coleslaw on his barbecue, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Or is the pandemic messing with my mind? Has the inability to interact with other human beings at the same level I used to turning my brain inside out on me and making me paranoid? Champ, you're here. I don't know how you feel about this whole coleslaw and pork thing. I don't know how you feel about dry coleslaw or wet coleslaw. Uh, Joe Gannon says, does Champ do reviews of mountain oysters now? No, he doesn't. First off, mountain oysters don't come from West Virginia. Okay? They don't. That's more of a Colorado thing. Colorado Rocky Mountain Oysters. So he doesn't do that. And I'm trying to get some information from him here because he's uh, uh, probably smarter than a whole bunch of us put together. So that's what I'm doing moving forward in the next couple of days. Uh, I got a message yesterday from Gary Gallagher. Gary Gallagher is another uh, guy who uh, I greatly admire and respect. Who um, uh, I knew him in high school, and he was like one of those brilliant guys in high school. And he actually came out and saw one of my shows a while, a while back because he was taking race car lessons. He's, he's done well in life, and good for him. And uh, the, um, what do they got out here to debunk car racing? Whatever. Okay, and uh, we were talking about uh, Bakelite radios, and uh, he was saying, I'm sorry I bombed into your broadcast yesterday, but I had a few minutes to burn. I thought it would be fun to listen. Bakelite is made from phenol formaldehyde, which is a very stable celluloid material, but a poor filter for UV rays and its impacts. If you look up, it's defined as a synthetic plastic. Whatever the hell that means. And that's why yesterday, when we were talking about Bakelite, I called it a plastic and Gary said it's a celluloid, okay? Um, but uh, I'm able to stick with my, uh, my original uh, scholarship on it. it. had come across that it was a plastic. Uh, and that the original Bakelite is a poor filter for UV rays and its impacts. But they've been able to overcome that because of today's plastics. What they've been able to do. All right, here we're getting some information here. Kirk Nermy... Um, uh, legendary Arizona attorney. He was, um, what was that girl's name? Who, uh, Jody Arias. He was involved in the Jody Arias trial. Uh, Kirk Nermy says, uh, and he's done a one-man show about it, salty pizza and wet slaw now available at JP's. Patooey! Come on, Kirk. We're trying to get people to come out to JP's. Chap de Blasio says, my wife's the barbecue person in our family, our kids, also me. I got to have tomato sauce on it. You're on me. Forget about it. <laughs> Solomon Diaz says, if the COVID made you that way, if you have COVID-19, you'll love wet coleslaw. Son of a gun. Is that now one of the, um, is that one of the, uh, um, one of the ways that we know that we have the COVID? Is all of a sudden we have a craving for wet coleslaw? I don't know. I, uh, I hope no one uh, sees this thing. We're giving misinformation. We're not saying that it is. We're just axing the question. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't put any salt in my coleslaw. I'll tell you that right now, Kirk Nermy. Uh, I don't put salt in my coleslaw. I don't put salt on my pizza. Champ, I don't know your thoughts on that. We have a friend of ours. Uh, he's actually a business partner of mine, Jim Perry. Jim Perry uh, over at JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road, 
Gilbert, Arizona. If you're in the greater Gilbert area, come and check it out. There's always fun shows there this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a local comic and also national headliner Hernandez with a host of guest spots designed to tickle your fancy. Designed to tickle your fancy. Um, you want to check that out. Uh, Jim Perry, uh, before I became business partners with him, I did not know that he put salt on his pizza. And uh, I, you know, there's a couple things that need to be revealed in life. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but um, I've always, when I lived in LA and I was single, I wanted to get a law passed. I think I wrote to uh, the legislature saying that uh, any woman that you're thinking about seriously getting involved with in Los Angeles in the 2000s, if you're thinking about moving in with her, getting engaged, or get married, has to reveal if she ever slept with Pauly Shore. Because uh, you don't want to find that out after you got married. You know, you don't want to just watching, you know, some Pauly Shore uh, movie and all giggling and go, what are you laughing at? It's terrible. She goes, oh, it's, it's just Pauly. You go, oh, my God. Um, I don't know if I can live with that. Um, but I think Jim Perry should let me know that he sold this pizza. Anyway, we got great shows this weekend. I'll be there tonight with my advanced stand-up comedy workshop. If you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, you should go to comedyschools.com. Check out our website. Call me, Tony Visick. I'll talk to you about it. I'm offering a free 20-minute one-on-one with anybody who signs up this coming session, December 21st, 22nd, for our uh, intro stand-up comedy workshops. Free 20-minute one-on-one. So check all that out. Uh, let's see. I got some more things here. Um, if the COVID... Solomon Diaz says... Okay, uh, yeah, that he's saying yes. Loving wet coleslaw. Is it Solomon Diaz? Is it loving wet coleslaw or loving wet coleslaw and put it on your barbecue? Is that a sign of COVID? Joe Gannon says, if you have COVID, and I think on this show we want to, prefer, we want to refer to it as the COVID. If you have the COVID, the only thing you could taste, barbecue pork with coleslaw and mountain oysters. <laughs> Man, you're making me hungry. Yeah, dog. That sounds tasty. Um, all right, you know, I just I wanted to have a I wanted to have a coleslaw show today. That's what I wanted to do. Um, shall we get to the music? Let's do that. I've done the uh, commercial. I've done the advertising. Uh, Joe Gannon says, "Hey, twenty minutes with Tony is worth the private admission. Do it, folks. Thank you, sir. Thank you for saying that." Solomon Diaz says, "Oh God, um, I don't know if you're giving me a new title here, Solomon. I have no idea." Uh, I haven't watched the news a lot today. Uh, I just think that um, what we're seeing right now with the, um, the, uh, uh, the weaker and weaker punches of the Trump administration trying to fight this election, they were always weak, um, have been, um, it's just sad now. It's just sad. I mean, what a way to go out. What a way to go out, you know? Uh, what was it, a guy named Joe DeGeneva? Uh, who's a lawyer for Trump and has always been a conspiracy theory guy talking about Trump's head of cybersecurity who uh, said, look, there's been no problems. So, of course, Trump fired him, saying the guy should be drawn and quartered and shot. That's who these people are. You know, even if they do some good things, Joe DeGeneva is not, has never done any good things, but if this administration did some good things, it's that people like Joe DeGeneva are even remotely involved with this administration is that tiny speck of infection that can bring larger bodies down. And you can't have people like that anywhere near 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So a lawyer for Trump said that his former cybersecurity expert, uh, 
former cybersecurity expert. You say it. You see if it's easy. Should be drawn and quartered or taken out and shot. You know? It's, I'm getting, more and more, we're going into Pulp Fiction. More and more, we're like Ving Rhymes going, I'm going to get medieval on your ass. So that's all I got news-wise. Let's get to the music. Here's what we're going to talk about today. I've been talking about a lot of rhythm and blues, uh, a lot of soul music, uh, a lot of blues, uh, a lot of great women singers. Uh, going back to stuff that I listened to when I was a kid that will endure for me forever, this is the first album by the band Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, of course, named after a novel by Herman Hesse. Uh, consisted of uh, five players. Uh, the main one, though, the main one, uh, Craig Jacobson says, I like the hat. Also referring to Joe DeGeneva, Chapter Blazer say he is a douchebag and so is his wife. I'm in the function of D.C., two douchebags. I've always agreed, but it's, it's glad to know someone met them in person. Uh, here we go. There's some 60s boys. Steppenwolf, formed in Los Angeles. They recorded on the Dunhill label. Uh, their lead singer, John Kay, was legally blind. At one point, part time, working in a sheltered workshop, a place where blind people could actually work uh, doing uh, light manufacturing, uh, went on to uh, become one of the most iconic, but now almost forgotten, bands of the 60s. So you would, could not get away from songs like uh, Magic Carpet Ride uh, and uh, 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 Born to be Wild in the 60s. Matter of fact, Born to be Wild was one of those songs that exploded off the radio with a, uh, with a sound like you never heard before. But you know what was interesting? Like a lot of different songs, like the song Like a Rolling Stone, where Born to be Wild and Like a Rolling Stone really uh, were similar as they both start out with an ass-kicking rim shot on the snare drum. Bah! So uh, that just kind of pops you awake before the song even begins. And so did Barn to Be Wild. Barn to Be Wild um, became a song no one could get away from. It was a song that a lot of people live by. It's now become an anachronistic song. It became, um, it became in a sense, the, um, the uh, uh, um, unofficial theme song for 1% motorcycle riders. I don't want to piss those guys off. But uh, it became that, and it then became um, uh, identified as music for them in future generations. Joe Gannon says, sounds like a Quinn Martin show for the 70s, Barnaby Wild. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that. Uh so uh, Barnaby, you know, Barnaby was, that was a good show with uh, Buddy Epson. Buddy Epson who, um, Buddy Epson could have been the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz, but he, you didn't know this, so like we're going to kind of go on a tangent. Buddy Epson from the Beverly Hillbillies and from Barnaby Jones was going to be the Scarecrow in the movie The Wizard of Oz, but he had a terrible allergic reaction to the silver paint and almost died and was uh, replaced by Ray Bolger. So, it's funny how the worm turns. Fame and fortune, it rests on a dime. Uh, let's see. Abadav Goyle says, that's an interesting logo on your hat for the Arizona Cardinals. It's a good to see you support local. This is not. This is, uh, no one would guess unless I tell them. I don't wear it this often. This is uh, the Peoria Redbirds, who uh, at one time, I don't know if they still are, 
were a triple uh, A or a double A minor league baseball team that were part of the St. Louis Cardinals farm system out of Peoria, Illinois. So there, smoke that in your pipe and stick it. Barnaby Wild was a hot song, man. And it was one of those songs that redefined music in the 60s. It was one of those songs that pushed people pretty much away from pop music and in the world of rock. And then with two other hits, with Magic Carpet Ride, with its incredible opening, and Rock Me Baby, Rock Me Baby from the movie Candy, they really cemented their place in the pantheon of rock. Now, oddly enough, when you get into classic rock music, they are not played as often as Led Zeppelin or The Doors or ACDC or any of those songs. Their music kind of defied description. It was totally unique. As a matter of fact, the term heavy metal, which then speed metal, punk metal, all that sort of metal, uh, actually came from a lyric from the song like uh, from Born to Be Wild. And it was, uh, I like smoke and lightning, heavy metal thunder. So that's the first recorded uh, time, the first, record, the first recording of the phrase heavy metal, which I actually think comes from an old science fiction uh, novel, but uh, was used there to describe uh, the sound of uh, motorcycles. I like smoke and lightning, heavy metal thunder. Um, that was the first time it was used, and then, of course, it was just like uh, uh, Space Cowboy was first uh, coined by uh, Steve Miller with his song, Space Cowboy. Um, and then later on became a uh, oft-used, overused phrase. So we're going to dig into some great 60s music here today. Music is not played all the time. You know, it's not The Who, it's not Doors, not Led Zeppelin, not ACDC. You know, it's not all the, the uh, bands that are played a lot on classic rock stations, but more classic rock than almost any of them. Uh, we're going with Steppenwolf, and uh, I'm going to go with an offbeat one here. I'm not going to go with Barnaby Wild. That's too easy. We're going to go with Sookie Sookie. Sookie Sookie Sookie. So uh, it's only three minutes and nine seconds long, okay? It's a hot, nasty little jam, all right? It'll give you a little taste of Steppenwolf, and maybe it'll get you to go back and listen to Magic Carpet Ride, listen to uh, Barnaby Wild. And uh, learn to appreciate them. You know, uh, it was one of those bands I'm pretty sure, pretty sure was ripped off of the recording contracts uh, for years and years and years, as so many of those guys were, uh, and probably didn't see the money they should have. Um, probably sold the publishing to Barnaby Wild, you know, and it's been probably used countless times. And some lawyer living on a mountain in Malibu or on a big spread right on the beach right next to Dr. Dre you never heard of, probably owns a publishing and lives off of it. There's a lot of that in Malibu. There's a lot of publishing pimps living in Malibu right now. Okay? So um, they've kind of disappeared into the ether. We don't hear a lot about them. Not a lot is written about them. They're not talked about a lot. But one of the greatest bands of the late 60s, Steppenwolf, and we're featuring their song today, Sookie Sookie. And with that, we're going to sookie, sookie, sue off. That's what we're going to do. We've had a great show today. We had important conversations about Colts Law. Verified that Joe DeGeneva is a douchebag. Uh, had a lot of great conversations with friends here. But, and we're going to be back with more of this stuff tomorrow. 
when we once again become your daily reprieve from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today on Living on a Thin Line. My name is Tony Vizek. Bye-bye.